Hi, I'm Miranda Wright with HOWC Ministries. To learn more about our ministries, please visit us online at heartofworshipchurch.com. Now, therefore, I pray you, swear unto me by the Lord, since I have showed you kindness, that you will also show kindness unto my Father's house, and give me a true token and that ye will save alive my father, and my mother, and my brethren, and my sisters, and all they have, and deliver our lives from death. Joshua chapter 2 verses 12 and 13. This, of course, is taken from the story of the Israelites' conquest of Jericho. This was the harlot Rahab petitioning the children of Israel to spare her and her family, to which God did oblige. But why did God spare Rahab? Why was she, a Canaanite, brought into the family of God? And not just brought in, but made to be among the lineage of Christ. Well, first and foremost, she confessed God. She tells them that she believes that God has given them the land, and that he is the true God, and that he is with them. But also, I believed we can see very clearly from the story, because she loved her family. Because you see, my friend, many believe that God is God. Even the demons, as we are told in the book of James. But that alone does not save them. Faith must be applied to your life. And love is the motivating factor in making that happen, even when it puts your own life and welfare in danger. Just like it did for Rahab in our opening passage, Rahab's love and concern for her family motivated her to risk her own personal welfare to save them. In seeing this attribute in her, God knew that if she would do it for her own family, then would she do it also for his, once that she became part of it. Again, we see this characteristic exhibited in Abraham. Like Rahab, his family was heathen. His dad was actually an idol maker, yet Abraham still honored and looked after them. He was a father to the fatherless. He raised up his orphan nephew. He treated his servants as though they were his own children. He was generous to strangers. And God was well pleased with this. God himself tells us that this character is why he chose him to lead his nation and father those who would carry God's mission forward through the generations. In Genesis chapter 18, verse 19, God himself said this, For I know him, speaking of Abraham, that he will command his children and his household after him, and they shall keep the ways of the Lord, and do justice and judgment, that the Lord may be able to bring upon Abraham that which he hath spoken of him. God saw something that he liked and could use in Abraham in the way that he tended to his brethren. 
in the New Testament, we see God still looking at this same characteristic when choosing who he will trust with leadership in his family. One must show himself to be faithful, loving, selfless, kind, patient, willing to teach and instruct and to fight for the salvation of his own family first and foremost before God will trust him with that same mission in his. I have been in ministry my whole life, and I have seen a thing that has rung true time and time again, that those who cause division in their own families do not honor their parents in action or in conversation, who can't get along with their siblings, who have no heart to fight for their family in prayer and in intercession or in humble physical service, whatever it takes to reach them. Those who do not cover their brothers and sisters or children, those who are willing to speak ill of their spouses or parents, it's these that will end up doing the same in God's congregation. They will maintain the same characteristics, except they allow the Holy Spirit to point it out to them and repent and be delivered of it. They will maintain the same characteristics and it will manifest in their interactions with the family of Christ and in their leadership. If they truly have a change in spirit, then those things will change in both their dealings with the congregation and with their physical families. And you will see the fruit of it. Now, my friend, I get it. I understand that unsaved family members may not have our best interest at heart. But that doesn't mean that you can't have theirs. I understand that you can't always be where they are, but that doesn't mean that they can't always be in your heart. I understand that we have to love God more, but that doesn't mean that you get to love yourself more than them. I understand that persecutions will come even from those of your own households. But in none of the scriptures mentioned above did God address how these people's families treated them. He addressed their right character in their love and efforts to save them and teach them and attend to them regardless of how they were treated. On the day of judgment, we won't give an account to God for what others did to us. We're going to give an account to God for what we did to others. How we responded to our fathers and mothers and sisters and brothers. So as God asked to Cain when he knew what he had done, My friend, are you your brother's keeper? Because those that are, no matter how hard, are the ones that God trusts to look after the family of God. In Genesis chapter 4, verses 9 and 10, we read the moment that God came to Cain after he had killed his brother Abel. 
out of selfishness, pride, and jealousy. It says, And the Lord said unto Cain, Where is Abel thy brother? And Cain said, I don't know. Am I my brother's keeper? And God said, O Cain, what have you done? O Lord, help us to be humble, loving, patient, kind, joyous, gentle, faithful servants. Help us to walk in the fruits of your Spirit. Lord, you understand you lived as a man. It's not always easy. But you give us everything that we need. All of the resources of heaven, the very power and presence of your Holy Spirit. There's no excuse for us. We just have to come to you, ask for it, receive it, and walk in it daily. We have to submit to the truth that you do expect this of us to be selfless, to tend to our families, even the lost and difficult ones, to tend to others as though they were our sisters and brothers, our fathers and mothers. Oh, Lord, help us. Forgive us of offenses, of pride, of arrogance, of thinking that we have to prove that we're right or important or that we should win the argument. Because when we have that kind of a mindset, no one ever wins. Everyone loses. Us included. May we remember daily to pray for those who persecute us, who despitefully use, abuse, and reject us. And Lord, even when you do call for separations, help us to still remember to pray for them, that our hearts not become hardened, full of bitterness and offense, that we never be tempted to listen to the accuser, the brother. Let us be more willing to demonstrate our faith than to debate our faith. Empower us with the grace, the wisdom, the humility, and meekness of spirit that is needed to lead the lost children back to the Father's house. In the mighty name of Jesus. If in hearing the words of the Holy Spirit today you have been convicted and see yourself as guilty of this, then be encouraged that he loves you and doesn't want you deceived by this tactic of the enemy. You have got to love and fight for your family. You have got to intercede and fast and pray for them. You have got to demonstrate the uncommon characteristics of our Jesus and unfathomable love mercy, patience, and endurance. Part of the fruits of the Spirit is to be long-suffering, that is to be willing to suffer for a long time trying to help to lead others into eternal life. Be cautious of your words, my friend, because if you grew up in a family that was used to fighting amongst each other, the enemy can come in as a familiar spirit and cause you to do that in the body of Christ, and it is not all right. You can end up fighting against God and his purposes. He can never trust you to do the things that he desires to. In the end, you'll end up with blood on your hands, and instead of leading a multitude into heaven with you, 
you may have to stand and see the ones that you became a stumbling block to. This is a serious warning today, but also a great encouragement that those who God chose to be the fathers and founders of faith did not have supernatural abilities beyond our comprehension. They were not supermen. They were family men and women. They loved others who tended to the brethren. And so God empowered them to do it with all of the resources of heaven. God, we ask for discipline in this area because it can be difficult. Sometimes family can be the hardest to reach. Those that are the closest to us can be the hardest to believe for. Lord, we understand that Jonah's problem with Nineveh was that he knew them. They were the enemy of his people. They had done a lot of cruel things to them. And so it was hard for him to love them or even want their redemption. And for some people, that is the situation, even in their own families. So today we ask for the grace to forgive, for the determination to intercede for them, for the discipline to pray and to fast and to believe that you can change them. And for those of us who have good relations, but we know that our families are not saved, Father, we ask that you would move these mountains in the mighty name of Jesus. We ask for you to intervene and show them your majesty, your goodness, your kindness, that you would lead them to repentance. But Father, if it takes a shaking, then do what you must bring them to desperation, but save their soul. Because just like Jesus prayed for us to the Father when he said, It is my desire that they would be with me when I stand before you, Father, in my glory. We pray also for our families. Lord, we desire that they would be with us in eternity. So today we ask you to do the miraculous. Save them. Deliver them. Set their feet upon the rock that is our Jesus. Help them to understand the word of God with clarity. Give them a vision of their purpose in this earth and do not allow them to miss the destinies that you have for them. Lord, we ask that you would remove every plot and plan of the enemy that has risen up against them. Take the blinders off. Let them see the things of the kingdom of heaven, but let them also see the tactics that the enemy seeks to use to cause them to miss their placements. Lord, don't let them forsake their inheritance for soup like Esau did, but rather, Father, we pray for them like you did for Peter when you told him, oh, Satan desires to sift you, but I have prayed for you. Lord, we know that prayer can change things. It can save them. We see it in scripture when Moses prayed for all of the congregation of Israel and you gave them another chance. Lord, even the reprobate can be saved through intercession. So let us not grow weary in well-doing. Let us pray and fast and look out for family. This message was brought to you by HOWC Ministries. To learn more about our ministries, please visit us online at heartofworshipchurch.com.